0: You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey, welcome to Getting Mindful with Megan. It's your host, Megan. I am going to be sharing with you a speech that I gave at my church for my church congregation. It's called God Will Do Something Unimaginable. And I took a lot of what I'm saying to you guys from a talk that was given in one of my church's general conferences by Elder Uchdorf. And so I took a lot of his words and then I just made them my own and I changed them into my thoughts. And I just, I took what he did and I expounded on it. And so I wanted to share it with you because it's a special topic to me and it's something that feels important. And it goes along with what I teach here at Getting Mindful with Megan. I want to start by saying we are the seeds. To sprout and produce good fruit, we first have to be buried. In yoga philosophy, this is known as tapas. Tapas is. Sanskrit to mean to burn. It's this idea that we have to go through a refiner's fire, that one must face adversity or heating and refining process to become a diamond or to become whole or renewed. And all throughout the world, you guys, you guys know, like, I love studying different philosophies and religions, and I love to learn how people think. And all throughout the world, this is a really common thread throughout all the different philosophies and religions is that we have to face opposition in order to grow. And in the scriptures, it even states that there's opposition in all things, even us. This mortal journey is full of opposition and struggle. I think one of the main errors that we make as humans that creates a lot of suffering in our lives is when we think that we, sh- quote unquote, shouldn't have to face opposition. We're like, oh, I shouldn't be going through this or this isn't fair. This isn't Right. This is an interesting thing we do because one of my favorite quotes is resistance brings persistence, which means that when we resist opposition, it literally makes it grow stronger and makes it harder to handle and deal with. It creates additional suffering. One of my favorite quotes from the Bible is when Jesus says, resist not evil. In that part of the Bible, he's talking about, he's telling people like if someone hits you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek, resist it not, like right, resist not evil, don't fight with it, accept it. When we resist evil, it persists in our lives. It makes us harder to grow and be cleansed from our suffering. Outside circumstances will happen. People betray us. Hard things happen. You guys know. <laughs> this is the price of mortality though. And as I've studied my own life and I've worked with clients and I've worked with people who are in the deepest suffering i've noticed that it is almost always when they are resisting the opposition within themselves it's when they're judging themselves it's when they think that they shouldn't they should be better that something's wrong with them in dnc which is scriptures that i love it's called doctrine and covenants it says it states that in order to exercise our full power and the full power of god we first have to be willing to uncover our sins When we resist the evil parts of our us or the opposition within ourselves, we lose the ability to release and change it. And in Elder Uchtdorf's talk, he said it so beautifully. He said that we don't get a free pass from the valley of our shadows. I want you to think of that word shadows. When we cover or resist or hide from, it's like we're pushing our shadow further into the dark. But what happens when you're willing to look at, accept, and even honor your shadow and bring it into the light? What happens to a shadow when it comes into the light? It disappears, right? The adversary, Satan, darkness, whatever you believe in, ego, it wants you desperately to keep resisting the opposition within you. It sees it as a threat. It wants Your ego wants to protect you, and it sees it as a threat. But the gospel of jesus christ is predicated on faith and repentance it was never expected for you to come here and have no oppositions or struggles or weaknesses that was always the plan you guys and it's okay that you do things quote-unquote wrong nothing has gone wrong that was always part of the plan that you would come here you would struggle you would have opposition and then you would use the atonement to be renewed and change your heart that was always the plan you would shift. You would shift your energy, right? It's the adversary's plan that you think that that's a problem. <laughs> it wants you to believe that you should feel shame and hide from yourself and others. But when we do this, we just end up creating more opposition within us and additional suffering. And it was always God's plan, my belief. It's always God's plans that we are supposed to have joy. Men are that they might have joy. Speaking in like Christian language, Satan knows that when we resist negative emotion or the opposition within us, it grows and we cannot feel true joy. We are meant to have joy. We are meant to be joyful creatures, you guys. But we hit this threshold of like, I can't feel that much joy because that would be a problem. That's scary. One of my favorite examples of someone who didn't resist was Jesus Christ. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was atoning for our sins he felt every pain i want to make this clear he didn't just change his thoughts or push away his emotions he literally felt every pain he allowed it he sat in it he accepted it he felt it until he finally said it was finished right he was the greatest example of not resisting of allowing accepting feeling and releasing one of my favorite spiritual analogies is that of the lotus flower The lotus flower grows in murky, muddy side water of a pond, and it is there through the darkness that it has to push and overcome all the grime and the hard conditions. But as it persists through the darkness, eventually the lotus flower is cleansed up through the water and blooms into a big, beautiful flower. Our weaknesses, our trials, our adversities, our evils, our struggles, our darkness, whatever you want to call it, is for a purpose that's greater than we can imagine. One of my favorite quotes says, God consecrates what he doesn't cause. I don't believe God like, is like, you, you're going to have this trial, and now you have this trial. No, I think he gives us agency, and then he lets our agency, even the ones that are not useful or helpful, end up. He lets it work for us, right? He, he makes it for our benefit. He consecrates it. I think that is so cool. So what can we do while we're in the midst of opposition struggle? Now we know. We know we're going to be in it. So what can we do? First, in this talk, God will do something unimaginable. He says that we can focus on what we can do and not the things we cannot. Victim mentality, you guys. (laughs) So often we get into a circumstance. We have a circumstance and we feel like we're victim to it. We let this thing that's happened have power over us. You need to know your strength and your power, and you need to focus on what you can do, and you need to focus on who you can rely on, which is yourself and God, right? He also notes us to muster our faith. One of my favorite scriptures in the Book of Mormon, you guys, is a spiritual text, a scriptures that I believe in, that I love. I think it is one of the best books that teaches faith in a way I, I don't even know how, like it's the best teacher of faith. I don't know. There's so many amazing stories of faith in it. So, but if you're not here for, if you're not into that, just listen to this story. I think it'll help you. So one of the scriptures is there's a guy named Lehi and he gets a spiritual prompting and that says Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. And so he takes his family and they leave into the wilderness but they have to go back and get plates, which has scripture on them. But the King Laban has him and he's a wicked man and he doesn't want to give them to Lehi's sons, Nephi, Laman, and Lemuel. And so they go and they're trying to get the plates and Lehi's wife starts to like complain. Like she's like, you're crazy. (laughs) You led us from our home and all of our nice stuff. They had a super nice land and they had like lots of riches and She's like, you led us away into this wilderness, and this is so scary. And now my sons are probably dead because they haven't come back. And Lehi says something in an attempt to comfort her. And I think it is magic what he says. He says this. I have obtained a land of promise in which things I do rejoice. So he's abundance ahead of time. He's rejoicing for his blessings ahead of time during the trial of his faith. I think that is so awesome. And he says, I know the Lord will deliver my sons out of the hands of Laban and bring them down unto us in the wilderness. And after this manner of language did my father Lehi comfort my mother. I just think it's so interesting. You guys, do we ever sit in gratitude for the blessings we will receive, for the blessings we have not yet obtained? Do we have enough faith to do that? Can we believe that through our trials, God is planning something unimaginable for us? Can we focus on what's coming instead of what our current reality looks like with our physical eyes? I believe that we can. We were made to have that type of faith, faith like Moses. (laughs) This changes your heart and energy. When you have that type of faith and you're rejoicing ahead of time, it changes your heart and energy and God will not be able to be held back. Miracles will be given to you. At the end of the talk, Elder Uchtdorf talks, and he reminds us that we have to be willing to change ourselves, change our ways, and walk through adversity so we can grow into the people we need to be. He reminds us that when we do this, when we really tune into the Spirit and we listen to the Lord, our hearts change and things work out miraculously for us. Remember the story in the Bible of Simon Peter and the disciples who went fishing out on the Sea of Tiberias? Do you guys remember? They caught nothing. They threw, they had nothing. And this had to be so hard and frustrating. And I bet it felt a lot like opposition, but this was a super necessary part of the story. But then Jesus came in the morning and said unto them, what do he say? He said, cast the net to the other side of the ship and ye shall find. They listened. They did it. They believed. And as they did, they were able to not, they were not able to draw it out of the water for the multitude of fishes. I have a funny story about this. You guys, God's ways are not our ways. My friend was telling me they're moving and her daughter, they had colored all over the balcony. And so she gave her a magic eraser and was like, okay, hey, go outside and clean it. And her daughter was just like th- wiping like a psychopath, like throwing her arm back and forth, but wasn't making any real headway in actually getting the, the crayon off of the balcony. And so she comes out and she's like, Hey, I just need you to just gently scrub like little little scrubs on this one line and it'll come off and then she goes out and then she does looks out the window and her daughter's doing the same thing she's like throwing her arm around expending so much energy trying to create results and it wasn't working and it's because how often are we like that little girl god's plan is always so much better than ours our plan sucks it makes us tired it's stressful it doesn't work but when we give it up when we trust in a plan greater than our own. I believe that we will have success when we're willing to trust and follow God and the energy of God. I believe that he's ready to teach us, guide us, lead us, bless us, but we have to be willing to slow down and get present enough and open ourselves up to his word and his mysterious ways that just don't always make sense to our human brain. You'll know how it feels in your soul. God will work on us and through us and he will do something unimaginable through us. I believe that, but it takes patience and we have to rejoice now. We have to be patient. Faith is a belief followed by a feeling in your soul and a movement in action. Think of the mustard seed. It's planted. And then we have to water it for an extended amount of time without any evidence that it will sprout. So can we sit there and water it? We can sit there and water it and be stressed and be like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? I want it to work so bad. Or we can just watch it. We can just water it and let it happen. One of my favorite thoughts is don't make it happen, just let it happen. Stop the frantic trying. Stress does not cure or help anything. I love this this quote. It says, worry is a prayer for chaos. Release the stress, trust. One of my life models is be, receive, give, thanks. Be so faithful that you can actually feel the energy of faith, belief running through your body. Open up to certainty and surety of yourself and of God. That type of faith can't be stopped. And when you rejoice as if it's already here, you will watch it appear. I believe it with every part of me. Open up to that opposition. The less we resist, the more that we can change and become and the more power we have over ourselves and over this world. So I have the deepest abundance and gratitude that goes out to my heavenly father whose grace is always sufficient for me and who opens up for me time and time again through every valley and every shadow through every triumph and every success and it's through him my belief is that true joy is found so that is my message for you guys today open up for opposition open up to faith muster up faith, focus on what you can do, and and expect opposition because that's the name of the game while we're here on earth. Okay, you guys. Hey, Soulful Circle has been so fun. I want you to watch out because we're going to be doing another one in a couple months. So keep your eyes peeled. This is the fun work we do in there. We do money work. We do spiritual awakening work. We do identity work. We do structure and we do rhythms and routines. And it's really a connected space that's really cool to be a part of and I would love to have you in my next one. Also, if you are a woman who owns a business, I would love to invite you to hop on a, a discovery call with me where we will talk about my program and see if it is a good fit for you. I take good care of my clients. I help them make money from a very aligned energy and they they do it fueled with purpose instead of stress. And if that's something you need, I want to invite you to reach out to me. I'd love to work with you. Okay, you guys, it was so fun to talk to you. I hope you loved this spiritual lesson that we had today. Talk to you next time.